0: Thank you for joining us for Revive the Drive, a ministry of the Bethany Fellowship of Churches. We live in a world where time is a precious commodity. One of the avenues for reviving our souls is the necessary commute to and from the many places our schedules take us. As the wheels of the car begin to turn, join our panel and set the wheels of your mind in motion as you consider the significance and impact of theology on everyday life. Let's listen in as our pastors talk theology.
1: Welcome to Revive the Drive. My name is Daniel Bennett, and with me today are Art Georges and Rich Burkle, and we are continuing our series on the Holy Spirit. And we're dealing today, guys, with an issue that several times in my ministry life has come up, and I I think that's probably the, the case for you guys, too. We're talking about what's been called several things, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, the unpardonable sin. Uh, basically there's three times in the scriptures where there's this, the sin of the, or three times in the synoptic gospels where there's this sin of, of blaspheming the Holy spirit. And it's, it's said that it's a sin that can't be forgiven. And so at times in my ministry life, someone has come to me very, very concerned. And they've said, you know, I'm concerned that I have committed the unforgivable sin. And the situations are are sometimes different. Maybe they've been uh, lived a very, uh, just very sinful lifestyle, and they think, you know, I think this might be blasphemy of the Holy Spirit because I resisted His convicting work for so long, or, or someone says I I I took God's name in vain, or I said some bad things about the Holy Spirit. I'm concerned that I'm beyond the point of redemption, or I may have committed a sin that can't be forgiven. So what I wanted us to do is I want us to look at the three passages in the Gospels where Jesus talks about this blaspheming the Holy Spirit and, and just give our listeners just a real quick sense of the context and then the words that Jesus says. And then I then I want us to talk about some possible meanings. What are, what are some ways that people have interpreted this blaspheming against the Holy Spirit? And then I want us to consider what, what we believe that the biblical understanding of this the sin is. And so, uh, Rich, do you want to start us off here with uh, the passage as it occurs in the Gospel of Matthew?
2: Yeah, in, in uh, Matthew, uh, Jesus is uh, in a place where uh, he's being pursued um, because uh, he has done miracles. And so he uh, withdraws to a, a quiet place, but still many follow him and he's healing the sick. And uh, he says, This was. Matthew writes, this was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. Here is my servant whom I have chosen, the one I love in whom I delight. I will put my spirit on him, and he will proclaim justice to the nations. So uh, he goes on to talk about, in quoting Isaiah, that Jesus is this one whom God prophesied, was the chosen one of God, who uh, was given to the nation to bring about Justice and that the Holy Spirit would be placed upon him. Well, the next story is Jesus then uh, healing a demo- demoniac. And uh, following that healing of the demoniac, uh, the Pharisees gather together and they say it's only by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, that this fellow cast, uh, casts out demons. And Uh, Jesus knows their thoughts. It's interesting because he he doesn't necessarily overhear them, but he knows their thoughts. And he simply says, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. And every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he's divided against himself. And so his first argument to them is, well, this – uh, this idea that you have that I'm driving out demons by the prince of demons doesn't make any sense. It makes no practical sense. It would be ruinous to uh, the the kingdom of darkness for the kingdom of darkness to strike against itself. That's not what
1: happens. He's, um, he's a he's an attack upon the the kingdom of Satan, not a supporter. Of that's it. that's exactly right. Um, uh, then
2: he says, uh, "So then." Uh, 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 they'll be your judges, but if I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And he makes another na- analogy. How can anyone enter a strong man's house and carry off his possessions unless he first ties up the strong man? He says, again, the strong man does not take away his own possessions, but it requires someone stronger than Satan to take away those who are who are underneath such influence of Satan, and that he is that one. He's greater than Satan. Uh, Satan himself in the demonic world, uh, and then he goes on to say, uh, "He who is not with me is against me," um, and he says, "So." I